Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Okay, um, so we're looking at, um, well, before I intro the episode, I suppose I should intro the panel and myself. I, you think I hadn't done this for 40 plus episodes. <laughs> I'm a lot, Lady of Tarth hyphen post on Tumblr. I'm joined tonight with Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative, and you can find me on Tumblr at Eon Blue Negative. <laughs> and, uh, comma. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Uh, Clotho? Hi, this is Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. And sandwiches. Sandwiches, yum yum. Hello, I'm still ringing here, but this is Sandwiches, and you can get me at Sandwiches Yum Yum on Tumblr. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, so, we are covering Game of Thrones Season 2, Episode 2. Um, just for any new listeners, we do spoil everything, shows, books, and um, there also will probably be rape discussion in this episode as well, so if that is problematic, you might want to check out now. Um, and also, just um, off the top, we are going to discuss the trailer for Season 5 at the end of our Season 2, Episode 2 discussion. So, you can fast forward... Now, no. <laughs> no. No, you want to hear this. All right. So we start the episode. We're with Arya. Um, she's hunched over a stream, uh, relieving herself. And uh, when she comes back to where the other boys of the and the Night's Watch are, um, three caged men call her over to talk. Um, these are, of course, Jack and Hagar, um, Biter and Rorge, correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. yes. Yay. Um, they request a drink, and uh, she's not too friendly with Biter and Rorge um, when they get nasty with her. And then Gendry pulls her away. Um, she tells him that she they don't scare her, and then he calls her stupid because they scare him. Um, at that moment, gold cloaks come running up. They have a royal warrant. Yorin refuses to um, hand over anybody. When the guards go for his sword, Yorin... Uh, goes for his junk. <laughs> um, he's pointing a he's pointing a dagger at a major artery. <laughs> um, Yoren takes their weapons and he tells them they could always use good steel up at the wall. And he tells them to leave. The guard yells out that they're looking for a boy named Gendry with a bull's head helmet. Um, the guards say they'll be back and they threaten Yoren. Then they ride off. So that's the end of that scene. I didn't catch the on the first time I watched it, or the second or third time. But I didn't know Arya was peeing in that stream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I still didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking how lush the sounds were. That was my comment. I was like, "Wow, these stream sounds." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought, really, I thought it was really well shot because it, it does start and it looks like she's looking over her shoulder as if to be, oh, what's going on? I am a bit afraid. but And you don't know about what, so it doesn't even occur that, you know, she's basically taking a pee. Yeah. So now you know. This is what we contribute to uh, Game of Thrones fandom. 
Uh, so, any other thoughts besides area pissing? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go on. Go on, Coma. No, I was just going to say, I think it says a lot about how desperate they must be for men if they're willing to take Rorge and Biter. Oh, oh imagine really? them? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at what point do they just draw a line? That is a good one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know we're not that desperate. <laughs> that is a no good point. No psychopaths need a plot. No, I also really fun. like Yorin here. He's yeah. I particularly Yorin. Yeah, that that nice little bit with the the knife and the um the, yeah that was good. Oh, uh, I I could shave a spider's ass. <laughs> yeah, would be sharpening it in the morning. That was brilliant. <laughs> and also props to Jackin too because he's introduced and he's incredibly polite. And he's he's stuck in this cage with these two monsters, and he's just like you know a man has a thirst. <laughs> Make a friend if you just give me some water, please. Yeah, and that's brilliant. Can he's it, gorgeous. He's so beautiful. Yeah, he's a sexy yeah. man, that Jack and Hagar. I can't help but watch him too, and just think Cereal Pharrell like now. Yeah. Like, it's totally him. Totally him. Came from something of Laurel. Did I hear that right? He said something the state or the land of something, and it sounded Lorath um, or Lorath or whatever. Okay, Lorathy or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what about Lorathy? I missed this point. No, I thought it was Laurel, and it rhymed with yeah, Laurel. So I was, but I heard it wrong. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next scene. Um, it's Tyrion, and he's arriving back to the Tower of the Hand. Uh, he finds Varys hanging out with Shay. Varys <laughs> is obviously digging up information. Um, they bandy words a bit, and Varys reassures Tyrion he is very good at keeping secrets for his friends. Varys tries to politely leave, but Tyrion stops him at the door and says he does not like threats. Um, he is not Ned Stark. He tells Varys if he threatens him again, he will throw him in the sea. Varys seems unfazed by the threat and insists they should get to their small council meeting instead. Do you all think that she that Shay is just clueless, or do you think she knew what was going on and she just doesn't give a shit? Like, because <laughs> she seems really. <laughs> it's hard. I think with her. it's the second. I mean, I don't think she takes. What Tyrion has threatened her, well not threatened her, but said the threat is at all seriously. I think she's bored as shit. (laughs) Which I don't blame her. She's stuck in this like room basically until he shows up. And I don't think she really sees the danger the way he does. And also I don't think she cares. (laughs) Yeah, she's just a bored party girl. Live in the moment. Talk to the unit. (laughs) Eat some fruit. Yeah, they looked like they were having a swell time before Tyrion interrupted them. (laughs) That's my thoughts. It's a short scene. Um, The next one is a small council meeting. Um, Cersei rips up a letter that Alton Lannister has brought back with him. Um, She tells Alton to give back their reply. Um, Tyrion suggests they give the bones back as a gesture of good faith, at least. Um, Cersei ignores him and then asks about Jaime. Pycelle has a letter from Castle Black. Mormont wants more men. Um, dead things are rising. Um, Tyrion believes Mormont, um, but the others do not. And they kind of make fun of him a little bit. So that is also kind of a short scene. Any thoughts on it? I think it just demonstrates, like, none of these people are willing to spend any political capital on this. 
They don't think it's important. It's far away. They're very all very focused on what's going on in the Capitol. And he's not willing to spend the, the political capital on it either. Mm, yeah, you're talking about taking Tyrion. Castle Black seriously. And- yeah, I mean, why would... you? He knows he's got big battles. I mean, Tyrion, I think, legitimately believes that the Night's Watch could use more men. And if everything was equal, I'm sure he'd be happy to send them some. But, I mean, he's in that room with a bunch of people who probably would love it if he were dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not mm-hmm. going to waste his time on that. Yeah, I think I think yeah. one of the things I've really liked about these these two small scenes—they are small and they're they're sort of seemingly unimportant. Sorry, I just forgot to unmute. I was yammering away there. Oh, <laughs> 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 you're good. But um, the, the the lovely thing about these two particular scenes is that everything, all the threats and everything, are pretty much unspoken, and that's one of the things I love the, um, that they do so well in the show when mm-hmm. the threats are there. But they're they're not blatantly blurted out so, all over the place, and also um, Tyrion insulting Cersei is always funny. When oh, yeah. when have you perfected mm-hmm. the art of tearing up papers yet, sister? It's a, yeah, it's a, I think it's those small moments, you know, because there's such quiet little scenes. And then, you know, I think the expression for me it was when everyone's expression they kind of panned over when Cersei mentions Jamie and asks about Jamie. It was kind of I love that they just uh, ever so slight. <laughs> yeah, it was so awkward. It was wonderfully awkward. So. Yeah, and that's that's some good acting when they can um yeah. convey that with just you know some quiet emotion, an emotional change on their face. Um, so we're gonna go up to Craster's Keep. Everyone loves Craster's Keep. They are chopping up potatoes. Um, <laughs> Dolores, Dolores, I love him. What was his line here? He had a really funny line oh, here. Farting. His farting. Farting on her deathbed. <laughs> yeah, his mother. <laughs> Did you just do a fart noise? Just, yeah. <laughs> Not quite as long as his, but... Classy. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't fart for real. <laughs> hey, we're still early into the podcast. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, so they're discussing fart deaths. I do have that written down. <laughs> And the greed of uh, Craster for keeping so many women, so many wives. Um, Sam goes after more potatoes. And uh, we see Gilly um, is getting kind of freaked out by Ghost. Uh, he's looking a little uh, too interested at her rabbit. And uh, Sam calls Ghost off. And uh, Gilly calls Sam brave. And then I thought Sam's reaction was so cute there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One time anyone's ever called him that, or anyone ever will call him that, so we gotta take those moments. Yeah. You're probably right. She just won his heart there, I think. Um, so Sam brings Gilly over to John, tells him Gilly is pregnant, and they want, he wants to take Gilly with them. (laughs) She starts to tell John about her fears if the baby's a boy, but then it looks like she kinda loses her courage and runs off. Sam is upset um, that John was mean to her. John is trying to protect Sam. Um, he's like, you know, if you s- steal her, what do you think Craster will take? Uh, so, Sam, I like this reply, too. He says he can't steal a person. She's a person. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I, uh, there were a number of things I liked about this um, um, scene. I thought it was uh, perfect in how, um, basically, once you go north past the neck apparently colors are banned nobody's allowed to wear colors anymore um and the further north you go 
<laughs> everything just gets drabber and drabber and drabber. And yeah. I just loved at the very beginning that you had these three blokes, you know, obviously um, sworn to celibacy as such, who who, who were just going, ah, oh, look at those girls, they're gorgeous. And they're, they're, they're swaddled, swaddled in about 17 layers of furs. <laughs> All of them looking fairly rotten, but they're going, yeah, ladies, which is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and the thing I loved later on in it was um, basically when, um, you know, um, John is all like, what are you doing? No, but what are you doing? Seriously, Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> I, was, I was just sitting here sharpening my sword, ignoring everything, and you, you bring me this bomb. What are you doing? Yeah, it's not a and good plan. <laughs> Billy and Sam, they're so earnest. They're so I'm like, sweet. yes, we could do this. We could do it. To their work. No, no, you couldn't. That would be very bad. Don't do that. <laughs> and I don't know. Sandwiches has a good point too. They're all like bundled up in layers of like moth-eaten fur. <laughs> and like to be fair too, they're all Craster's daughters and wives, so they're pretty homely. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, they were salivating. These are no oil paintings, so. Well, they haven't seen very many chicks since they've, you know, sworn to take, you know, the black and everything. So, yeah. I I do love the conversation they're all having. Like, it's these teenage boys talking about all of their experiences. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Sam, though. But Sam is just sucking. He's like, what? Tell me about these things. Because I've got no idea. It's adorable. Yes. Okay, so from one extreme to the other, we're going to go to the Red Waste. Um, things are looking bleak, um, especially when a riderless horse returns with one of Danny's men's head in a bag. It's uh, Ricaro's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorah figures it was one of the other calls who did it. Um, Danny confronts, um, comforts, not confronts, comforts his woman. It's it's kind of a sad scene. Oh, the screaming. Yeah. I think that's, like, is that um, Yuri? Is that her name? Yeah, Eerie. Yeah, Eerie. that's Eerie that's crying. Oh, right. Actually, like, Ricaro is actually alive in the books. Yeah. But, he, like, the, the actor know. that plays Ricaro is Elise Gabel, and apparently he was actually working on the movie World War Z, and there was a scheduling conflict during this time, and that's why they killed him off. Oh, no. Oh, whoa. So they... <laughs> So he couldn't have killed off one of the other three dudes who we didn't know who they were? I know, right? (laughs) Like, sorry, George R. R. Martin was not very happy about them killing him off, too, because he was saying that he's going to have a more important part later on. I wonder if it's budget decisions, you know? They're trying to shave the budget. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like someone being a dick. Okay, I get you can't have that guy for that particular episode or whatever, but again... You can't just, like... Yeah, I don't know. You think they would have checked, yeah, but they don't check a lot of things, so... <laughs> it's got a part for the course. <laughs> well, that and D&D probably didn't realize what a big role... Well, if if it's a big role or, you know, a bigger role that he was going to play down the line, so they're like, eh, just kill him. I swear to God, every time they do that, George R. R. Martin goes, yeah, I'm going to write them in now. <laughs> like, no Garland and Willis? Okay, guess what? Their role is going to be you. Get, get your revenges where you can. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go to uh, Theon, who is looking pleased with himself as he arrives at the pike, um, mm. or at the shores of the pike. 
Below deck, <laughs> below deck, he's with a captain's daughter who's naked and enamored with him. Um, she wants him to make her his salt wife. And it's a pretty creaky, uncomfortable sex scene. That <laughs> 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 well, is what it is. Theon's just getting his dick wet. So, um, my DVD player has been dying and, um, it freezes periodically. <laughs> so, guess where it freezes as this actress is squatting naked and I'm just sitting there going, no! No, make it stop! Make it go away! Oh, no. I felt so... Well, I gotta say, I hope Theon enjoyed that because I think that's the last good time that dude has for a very long time. Unless, unless he did his sister because they never really said if they did or not. Yeah, Could have happened off screen. I don't think Asha would, no. No? I think her standards are a lot higher. And she has Carl the maid. Why does she need her buggy-eyed brother? Did he go that far in the books? Like, did he yeah. mess with the coochie in the books? No. Okay. Well, he's coochie. got his hands all over her. And but she's, not, like, like, flirting with him. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there was any kind of, like, no. Yeah, look- more. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I didn't Not playing with her fish pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting, so we're getting grade eight here, so. <laughs> so, from one creaky, uncomfortable sex scene to another, we go to Littlefinger's brothel. Um, <laughs> this guy is getting serviced while another dude is getting serviced watching the other dude. <laughs> That's the best way I can. Lawyerism, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so great. And uh, watching them doing all this. All of it, right? Yeah. It's sort of like, it's very meta, you know? <laughs> In a very sick, it totally is. Sick way. Yeah, my comment is gross, nasty, old man, come kiss. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that was the nastiest thing I think I've ever seen. That was, was pretty watching gross. curves, watching curves. Oh. And then Well, yeah, well, Littlefinger, he, um, oh. he deals with an angry customer and he's upset because of a crying whore. We find out it's Ross. Um, but, uh, before that, as Clotho uh, mentioned, he kind of shoves another whore out there, you know, just wipes wipes her clean a bit, and then she gives a great big kiss to the angry client. Uh, so he speaks with Ross. Uh, she's upset about Megan, and Littlefinger's like, who? He didn't even know the name of his whore. And she was the mother of the baby that got killed. Littlefinger tells her she reminds him of another girl he had. She wouldn't stop crying and want. Um, and wasn't making him any money. He sold her to a monster. And uh, it was a not-so-subtle hint to Ross to be happy. Yeah, that's a little bit of foreshadowing for you. I yep. hate this man, this character, so much. So much. And it, it's just... Unlike Sam, he sees these people as objects to be moved around. He's pervy as hell. He's just a disgusting human being. And this they made him so much worse in the show because this wasn't in the book. Like, he oh, was, are you in the yeah, book? Like, he there, but he didn't. I mean, they didn't feature the brothel quite as extensively, right? <laughs> yeah, but in the books, he sells poor Jane Poole off to be a, yeah. oh, he's to be no a sex saint. slave, yeah, and then no sells saint. her off to Ramsay yeah. Bolton. So, yeah. yeah, they just they just you know magnified his you know <laughs> and he really is here i mean i mean cuz he starts out it's the way it's very well acted because he starts out being so sympathetic and like oh you know um you're so upset and 
you know, that's okay, and um, why are you upset? And as soon as she says that she's upset because Meg has has lost her baby, her baby's been killed, then he just, he slowly turns and it ratchets up the mm. evil in it. I and can't. Still a, oh, <laughs> you're so creepy. And as much as I knock him as an actor, um, I did like, there was like this sort of like look of pure annoyance on Aiden Gillen's part. Like, oh God, let's go. Okay, fine. Go get her, you know, and they're like, all right, let's go deal with the crying, you know, the crying employee, except she's not an employee. She's a piece of property as far as he's concerned. Mm. Well, he's very much a businessman. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's about making the money and a crying woman isn't making him money. So he's, yeah, he'll make her work. By hook or by crook, or mostly by crook, sadly. Um, okay. ugh, he's just creepy, creepy, creepy man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope he dies soon. That'd be great. Okay. Die, sure. yeah. just die. <laughs> well, he will get it at some point. <laughs> Something we all can get behind the death of Peter Baelish. All right. Um, so the next thing we have Tyrion and Janice Slint. Uh, they're having dinner, and we see Podrick, and he's Yay! he's spilling wine Stay all over Pod. the place. Yeah, bad Pod. Don't spill the wine. Um, Tyrion asks Slint about the incident in the brothel. Um, Slint won't admit the killing of Robert's bastards was not at Cersei's order. And then uh, Tyrion asks about the slaughter of Ned Stark's men. He gets in a few digs about Slint's lack of honor. When Slint rises from his chair, all upset and in a huff, Tyrion has Bronn step forward. Tyrion tells Slint that seeing as how he betrayed the last hand, he just doesn't feel safe having him lurking about. Slint gets pissed. Um, the king and the queen are going to, you know, hear about this. Tyrion's not giving him the opportunity. He has Slint shipped off to Eastwatch. Bronn tells him that, uh, you know, they'll escort them. The street- streets aren't safe. And then we learn that Bronn is now the new commander of the City Watch. Tyrion asks Bronn if he would murder a baby still at its mother's breath- breast without question. And then Bronn says, no, I'd ask how much. Yay, Bron! Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> that's probably like the perfect response. Like, I kind of like you, but that's still a dick move. <laughs> but, but that just... is what he is. He's honest about it, though. He, yeah. He, all the other sort of shenanigans that go on are sort of people sort of shoving it off onto other people or hiding what they're doing. He just doesn't. He, <laughs> yeah, you no. want me to kill a baby? How much? How much are you going to pay me? Mm-hmm. At least he's honest about it, because nobody else is, which uh, is not a good thing, but it is to his credit, sort of, I think. Maybe? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. And I think, is it in season three where he basically says, I'm a sellsword. I sell my sword. This is who I am. This is what I do. And yeah. I think... I mean, Tyrion wants to believe they're friends, and yeah, there's a certain amount of mutual... Um, liking of each other, but at the end of the day, this guy knows who he is. And he's honest about it. So yeah, I think there's something to that. There's no hypocrisy to Bronn, which I do like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. I did like the scene with the, is it Janos or Janos Slint? Uh, that was funny as hell. The whole bit where gradually Tyrion <laughs> is sort of building it up. And it's like, oh yeah, well he questioned my honor and 
he didn't know it was already, you know, bought or what. It was cute. I yeah. liked it. You know, that actor really does do a really good job because he plays oblivious so well. Like, he, he has, he's so out of his league and he has no idea. And you really get that sense from the beginning of the supper. He's so proud of himself. You know, he's this new lord. And Tyrion's just slowly reeling him in. And he has no yep. clue. It's great. Okay, so we're going to um, the boys um, who are going up north with the Night's Watchmen. Um, they're still arguing. Um, they're arguing about uh, giving up Gendry, and then they start arguing about what defines a battle. <laughs> and Hot Pie thinks that men with armor on and they're fighting. That's a battle. Gendry tells Hot Pie any idiot can buy armor. Arya gets Gendry alone and asks what the gold cloaks wanted with him. Gendry mentions that, you know, the hand had come over asking questions before, and then before him, Lord Aaron. Um, they were asking about his mom. Gendry lets Arya know he knows she's a girl, he's not an idiot like the rest of them. She asks him to keep her secret. She tells him who she really is. Gendry calls her father Ned the traitor. She gets a bit pissed off at that. He backs up a bit when he realizes she's a lady and all the things he said to her. He gets a rise out of calling her my lady again, and she pushes him down to the ground. It's kind of sad, these scenes, <laughs> rewatching them. I, I, I really liked the whole discussion. It didn't hit me till I was doing the rewatch, um, where they're talking about, yes, what makes a battle, but also what makes a knight. And... What Hot Pie is yeah. saying, you know, like they, they're in armor. Well, that, I mean, you can expand that on a larger bit. I mean, like, cause Sir Marin Trance is a knight. But, I mean, he's not a true knight. He's not a knight in the way he's supposed to be. And just because he has the title and wears the armor doesn't make him a, a true knight. And I think that's, I kind of appreciated that. I also really liked the chemistry between, um, I'm going to blank on his name. The kid who plays Gendry and um, Macy Williams. They're yeah, wonderful I, together. I, that was my notation about their chemistry. You know, they're really, they are. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It is, I, it's sad watching them, though, because they're so, like, I don't know. You, you just know where they are now in yeah. this. Well, actually, we don't know where Gendry is now in He's this growing. story. <laughs> growing. Yeah. What were you going to say, Rowan? Were you going to say sandwiches? Hurts. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Helicopter noises. Hey, I've arrived. The thing I loved about the talk at the very beginning of this scene is it, it, it very much illustrated how basically common people view knights and battles. It's, it's not just about how, you know, how pot pie sees them, but that's how a lot of ordinary people would think that, you know, maybe a battle is a few people in armor having a, a, a bit of a rumble in the street, mm. it, you know, as as a, it's a sort of naive view that many people would have, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And also, um, yeah, you're right about Joe Dempsey and Maisie Williams. They've got all the chemistry, and um, just that whole thing at the end, you know, you know, I should never have. I I should never have been pissing in front of you. I <laughs> And then she's like, no, no, don't call me my lady. As my lady commands. Just because he mm-hmm. wants to get, get that digging. Wonderful chemistry. You're yeah. quite right. Love it. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the next scene. It's Theon, and he has arrived home. 
Um, he tells the first dude who says hello he's the only living heir of Balon Greyjoy. The old guy isn't impressed. <laughs> Theon pays him for a horse to get to the pike. A woman comes to greet him, offering him a ride. And of course we know this is, uh, Yara. Asha. Yara. <laughs> Um, he immediately hits on her. It's a romantic ride along the beach on the way up to the pike. <laughs> and his natural groping ensues. Uh, Yara doesn't stop him. And it's a shame our incest lovers are not on the podcast tonight. Because I would really love them to weigh in on this. <laughs> there is just not enough incest in this show or something. <laughs> and if case you're wondering that would be whitey and chicky <laughs> you can message us on gmail or tumblr at no i'm just kidding with some fun <laughs> so theon visits with his dad and it's not exactly warm embraces stark had him longer than he did says balon he thinks that theon is more stark than Greyjoy now he questions his clothes and his baubles Theon defends his um, asking for help on the behalf of Rob, saying, you know, it was my idea. Balon accuses him of forgetting his real brothers um, who were put to death by Ned. The deal is Balon um, assists Rob with ships, and then he can name himself King of the Iron Isles. Um, Theon says he will lead the attack himself. You know, who else is going to do it? And then we enter the sister he was just groping. Asha, sorry, Yara, has commanded ships. She knows who she is. Balon burns the letter. He refuses to be given a crown. He will pay the iron price. Theon warns he can't take Lannisters on his own. And then he says, who said anything about Lannisters? Dun, dun, dun. This doesn't seem like a bad deal. I mean, I, I admit I'm not, the, I don't have the biggest interest in uh, the Greyjoys and that whole storyline, but, you know doesn't seem like a bad deal to me. It's a good deal to any, like, people with sense Adorable. and civil <laughs> civility. These people don't have that. <laughs> no. I, I have in my notes trailer trash stupid philosophy. <laughs> hey, that's pretty... I'm sorry. This, we do not sell business. I mean, fine. You don't want to be a farmer? Great. That Go with God, you know? But what the hell? Have some sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's dead may never die. <laughs> I, I, I just love the fact as well that this this whole, I mean, they're taking the, because they're fairly far north, and they are taking the lack of colour to the max, and you've got Patrick Malahide as Balon, who's just rocking grim to oh, yeah. the, the oomph degree, and it's just like, oh my god, why would you want to go back there? Yeah, monochromatic, just, yeah. <laughs> In all kinds of ways. And, and also props to Asha Yara, because that was hell of an entrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his reaction brilliant Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds like oh my god (laughs) i love the casting here they're all uh, and that patrick malahide now that i have seen him in this show i keep seeing him on all these tv shows usually playing somebody nasty he's really good (laughs) and he's um, he's done loads of stuff where he's been pretty evil he's he's good at that In fact, I was watching, I think it was like an Agatha Christie thing, and I was like, he was a skeevy solicitor dude, and I was like, (laughs) oh my god, I know that guy! And I know you're the killer! (laughs) Well, he wasn't, but I, like, immediately went, oh, I know that voice! And I love, and I just found out how to pronounce it, I've been saying it wrong all this time, is, um, Gemma Whelan as, um, as, well, I'm gonna call her Asha. Yeah, she's she's Asha. She's really good. Really good. I like how she comes in, and I mean, 
when you look at her credits, I think she's like a stand-up comedian or something. I don't know that For real? Oh. I don't think she has a ton of acting yeah. credits or did before the show, but she's really good. I'll have to look her up. I liked her. I mean, it was a short, short scene, but they really, I thought, established the character of the place, um, the kind of people they are, uh, the relationships that are happening in such a short scene. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, and the back of Deco. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They're not about ornamentation. I even like, even his jacket was salty. I love that touch. Whoever did the wardrobe. Oh, yeah, the clothing yeah. was, and the guy on the dock and the pier, yeah. he was, he was such a small thing, but he was great. Just his reactions to Theon, <laughs> like, ahead. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> so natural. <laughs> yeah, and like, like Sandwich just said, who the hell would want to return to that place? <laughs> oh, poor stupid Theon. I feel so sorry for him. Yeah, he's just a dumb boy. He really is. Well, I mean, I get why he wants to go home home, but it's like, dude, you can't go home again and you were so much better off where you were. But And that squid on the fireplace, I mean, sometimes they hit, they do pretty good with the, you know, I like the decor, but that squid oh. was a little goofy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it just me or does the um the Greyjoy uh, sigil remind anyone else of the female reproductive system? It does, it oh, does. <laughs> Especially the not, HBO rendition. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You will never be able to unsee that now. Thank I you. won't. You're <laughs> like welcome. a big goofy uterus up on the fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. Goofy uterus. <laughs> well, I think we just found one of our tags for the podcast tonight. Goofy uterus. That's going in. Goofy uteri. Uteri? Ever with the grandma, the grammar police over here. Ooh, <laughs> uteri. That's accurate. I made that up. <laughs> I'll look it up. Okay. So, um, we're going to go and visit Davos uh, and his son. Now, I asked Kama this afternoon, what's his son name again? And I think it's Davin. What? Mathos. Mathos. I asked her, like, what's his name? And then I get, like, a four-paragraph reply awesome. on all of Davis's son. <laughs> he has seven, and they, they take him from having seven sons to this one, the, well, I'll let Zealot. you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's um, Davos, Mathis, and Salador San. Um, they're strolling down the beach. Uh, Davos is trying to work a deal with Salador to support Stannis. Davos tempts Salador with the plundering of King's Landing. And he says his name will be made famous in song. Salador wants one more thing, and that's Cersei. Um, Mathos' son is outraged. Oh, I'm sorry, Mathos is outraged by Salador's motives. Um, you know, we're not going to war so that you can rape the queen. And then Salador replies, not going to rape her. I'm going to fuck her. Confident <laughs> with his talent for persuasion. Uh, Mathos uh, says that Stannis is the one true king, lord of light, blah, blah, blah. He's... You know, totally down with this Rylar stuff. Uh, Davos promises gold, glory, but he can't promise the queen. Salador tells Davos he will sail with him. They shake on it. Salador leaves. Mathos wants to teach Davos to read so he can, you know, I guess absorb the holy texts himself. They're much more convincing. He tries to make his father um, realize Rylor is his god too. Davos is pretty much like, nope, Stannis is my god. <laughs> And that's the end of that. So, I love these. These two little bits there. I particularly love the guy who plays Salador's son. That was awesome. Great. He's brilliant. Yeah. And I need a fanfic where they do take King's Landing. <laughs> uh, yes! 
Oh, and he convinces Cersei. Fantastic. So anyone out there wants to write Cersei that for Saladon. me, go it. for it. <laughs> I also love, I, I really like that both Davos and Stannis are pretty much atheists. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. And I like the practicality of Davos, like where he's telling Mathos, you know what, I, I don't believe in any of this shit, you know. <laughs> it's good. I, and I like... As much as I'm annoyed that they got rid of the other sons, and in fact, in the books, um, I think it's Devin who is uh, the squire to Stannis, and he's a really cool character. I did like the guy they, they cast to play Mathos. I thought he did a nice job. Um, he wasn't too much of a religious zealot. I mean, like, clearly he loves his father, prayed for him to come home, etc. But it was a good scene. And I, I, I particularly like the moment when um, Davos says, look, you know, you can have the songs, you can have the glory, you can have the riches, you can't have the queen. And, and Salador just takes this sort of maybe two seconds seriously considering whether or not it's worth it anymore. Which I love. Like, oh man, I really wanted that Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so we're going to go Back to King's Landing now, and it's um, Cersei. She's pissed at Tyrion, um, specifically that he sent Janice Slint away. Tyrion claims she's losing the people, um, and he's saying, you know, the baby slaughtering didn't help. Uh, Tyrion surmises it was Joffrey who gave the order. Cersei tells him he doesn't know what leading in. He's never taken it seriously, and neither has Jamie. Tyrion makes a dig about her and Jamie, and she, you know, she calls him funny. But he will never match his first joke when he ripped their mother apart at birth. Well, she says her mother apart at birth. And he said, well, it's my mother too. And she said, all for the sake of you. No bigger joke in the world than that. Just so mean. She's so mean. I love this scene, though, because these two, when they act together and when they're sniping at each other, they're just brilliant. I, this scene was amazing. I, I just sat there. I was, I got chills from it because they, the, just the animosity is just there and it's, mm-hmm. oh, brilliant. Palatable, palatable. And she brought it. Lena yeah. I mean, she really, I thought, did a fantastic job with that, that sort of bitterness and the hatred, which, of course, was probably encouraged by Tywin. Um, and then, you know, I did get the sense that, you know, she did loved her, she loved her mother and she does blame him, which they would in a medieval society. That makes total sense that they would do that. And him not really knowing where to go with that. Yeah. It was really well done. Especially him being born a dwarf, right? Yeah. Like an oddity. I think my one annoyance, and I think you guys sort of touched on that last week, was the whole, you know, how they have... It's Cersei that orders the killing in the books, and they give it to, you know, give it to Joffrey. Yes. So that always kind of annoys me, and that brought that up again when I saw this. But, again, I think they're just trying to whitewash. I think they're trying to make her a lot more sympathetic, and that's kind of where they're going for. But she does a good job with I, what she does. It's just not something that I appreciate very much. Like, I appreciate the acting. I don't appreciate the changes with the, you know. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm on the same page with you there. I really like Lena's portrayal of this version of Cersei, but it's not book Cersei. What I don't like about it in particular is it's one, and I've talked about this on other episodes of this podcast, it's like anytime they have a chance, and it's not just Cersei, it's other female characters, to take away a little bit, and I'm sure they don't think they're doing it intentionally, but like, as awful and as heinous as it would be to go out there and kill 
14 or 15 kids. I mean, and that's awful. I'm not saying it's a good thing at all. That's There's, good. <laughs> well, no, and I never would. But, I mean, I can see why someone who's, like, a ruthless political leader would be like, these children are threats. Yeah. They yeah. take that yeah. away from her. They take away that sort of bit of political whatever you want to call that Machiavellianism, anything. And she mm-hmm. just becomes this idiot woman who rips up papers at meetings. Yes. 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 Yeah. Agree. Right. There, yes. there, there is something about her um, uh, within the books. I find her such a fascinating character because she is that bad. Yet it doesn't mean that later on as the story develops that I don't have any sympathy for her because obviously it goes to places we can't talk about because we're talking about an earlier episode. Um, yeah. But, that certainly it goes to places where um, I can feel sympathy for her, even though she is really not a very nice person, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it does feel, I think I think you're right, Clotho, that it is. it feels like it, it detracts from her character in a way, that she isn't allowed to be what she is in the books to some degree, that she has been sort of lightened up a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good observations, everybody. Okay, we're going to go to Dragonstone now, and we have Davos. Uh, he confirms that Salador San's ships are, you know, Stannis's. And Stannis is kind of glum about the news, as usual. <laughs> he asks, does Davos trust him? Um, he says, I've known him 30 years, but no, I've never trusted him. But, you know, he <laughs> loves gold. Stannis dismisses Mathos and Davos, and then Melisandre whispers something to Mathos as they leave. Um, Stannis asks what she said to him, and her reply is, Death by fire is the purest death. And Melisandre calls his troops toys to the Lord of Light. Stannis is sulking a bit that Renly has 100,000 men that should be his. She tells him to have faith. Stannis is not happy with that advice. Melisandre wants Stannis to give himself to the Lord of Light. Then she shows him her boobs. Stannis tells her he has a wife, (laughs) (laughs) vows, um, Mel, and he, you know, he made vows to this wife. Melisandre calls her weak and disgusting. Then, um, she also says she gives you girls and death and she promises him a son. And then they do it on the world's most uncomfortable risk map. (laughs) That's the end of that. Okay, we got we got double robots in that. We'll let sandwiches go first. <laughs> go ahead, sandwiches. Yeah. I was just going to say he doesn't even swap all the little pointy ships and things first. It's like how how uh, really yeah. and it's onto the table. No, say that table really does not look comfortable. Yeah. Okay. I have in my notes bridges on her backside side for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was um okay, Lada's gonna be mad at me, but I was well she, I was talking to YD mm. about it. Oh wait, she's I'm not sorry. on this she's not on this she's episode. That's okay. You get a pass. And yeah, Lot doesn't like us to talk about the episodes with other people until we're done with podcasts. As we were talking about this and I and YD said something like, oh, she's probably got some magic bomb to wipe them off or whatever. You know, all those bits and bobs. <laughs> and I said, or Stannis just used her for map reading. And then, yeah. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, and then I, yeah, I, I kind of disgusted myself there. <laughs> Bet you wishing now you hadn't talked about podcast business off podcast time. <laughs> 
<laughs> it leads to that. No. I'm, well, um, I'm what is it about I, this? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I love how it's for men to be sort of um, seduced in this by just saying, I'll give you a son. <laughs> it's like the magic bullet for yeah. sex here. <laughs> I'll give you a son. Done. Boom. It's like... And what is this I was curious what Kama thought about that, because I know you, you know, you sort of the expert on the Dragonstone team, but in the books, and again, I read them a while ago, I didn't get this whole seductor, not as much. Like, is this more, do you think this is more change HBO made with, I know, you know, sort of implied that she may have had sex with him, but I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I buy the whole. It, it's yeah. in the books that they're doing it. It's quite clear if you read them closely that they're, they're having sex and that but she I comes think- off the- Femme fatale, you know, she comes as like, oh, you know, it's, I don't know, that's the way I read Well, there's, there are references in the son and his, um, and how weak he's getting because okay. by doing this, it's sort of draining him, so to speak. Um, I don't know, I was kind of okay with the change they made. I, my complaints about the scene are mainly the ones you all had, which I'm just watching this going, I don't think this is hot at all. I think this <laughs> is like, I immediately going to, that has got to hurt like hell. I mean, that was my first reaction. My second is, did he even like undo his, his belt or whatever? Because he seems to be fully clothed, which seemed odd. That's totally HBO know. though. The show, every guy has fully clothed and the women, you know, the women are the ones the that women are, are all you know, starkers. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, we got a full frontal hodor. And, <laughs> yeah, and that guy, like a, the wine merchant. The of myself. Arms. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Every God. attractive man. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they had to make it more obvious. They don't give, God knows they don't give the Dragonstone people a ton of time. That's and I think true. they needed to make yeah. it clear that stuff was going on. And I think neither, well, Mel has one. POV chapter total so far, and Stannis is not a POV character, so I think they okay. kind of needed to use something like this to make it a lot more clear as to what was going on. On the nose. Yep. My issues with this, uh, the other thing that drives me crazy is that they totally ignore Shireen's existence in this scene. Oh, yeah. That's right. I mean, like, I but guess that kind of don't count. Yeah, well, that kind they of fits didn't in though to with what they're saying, right? Like when we do see Shireen, she's all locked away. Like, why would we hear? That's weird too, her? because that's a total change from the books. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I like the scene. I like the casting of Stephen Delane. Um, I have issues with how it's blocked and how they actually go about doing this. I love the painted table; it's awesome. Yes. Um, and that's a it. lot more play in the book and explaining what that is and where it comes from. Hmm. I wasn't a fan of her kimono. It looked like a demon giraffe pattern. I don't know. It seemed really out of place for the time period. I don't know. I'm just Well, she's <laughs> a, she's a foreigner, I don't know you know. When these women want oh, to go true. naked, it's just like, <laughs> whoop, well, just pull a little tie and there you go. I mean, they're like on the ocean. It's got to be cold up there. You, <laughs> well, seriously, wouldn't you want to be a little more covered up? The Lord of Light keeps her warm, comma. Oh, oh here's yeah. a random <laughs> anecdote that I looked up about Mel, and apparently she's, like, in the books, it says she's as tall as any knight, so she should be, like, six foot tall. I was pretty, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Damn. But. <laughs> okay. Um, 
We're going to go back to Craster's era, neck of the woods, quite literally. Um, we see the proud papa taking his son out for a stroll in the woods. Um, <laughs> Jon Snow is following him. Uh, we hear the breaking of branches and these like weird clacking noises. And then Craster comes out empty-handed. Uh, and then we hear the baby crying, and then Jon bolts for it. And uh, just in time to see a shadowed figure picking it up. And then at that moment, John is clubbed in the head. And it's credits. Dun, 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 dun. Something creepy happening up at Craster's Keats, as we all suspect it. But is it creepy up at Craster's Oh, God, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a pass. Take a pass. Okay, so before we um, do any questions or thank yous that we might have, um, this tr- Season 5 trailer came out. So we're going to do some, I don't know, discussion of it. Um, I was trying my best to take some notes on it, but there's a lot of cuts, so literally there might be just, like, a second, a word, like, a sentence, so <laughs> just uh, bear with me here. Um, as I go, you can just stop me at any time and jump in with your thoughts. Um, so we'll start at the beginning, which is the best part, in my opinion. It's a voiceover of Brienne, and she's saying, Nothing more hateful than failing to protect the one you love. And... It's, um, the word love, you may notice, is said when <laughs> the camera is showing Jamie's sad, teary face. <laughs> um, so, do you want me to just keep going? <laughs> well, I hope he's crying because Cersei broke up with him, but I wondered what that was about. Maybe it was because, uh, was it because Tywin died? I don't know. But Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> and that, there's a little scene right there where it's Jamie standing over Tywin's yeah. body there in the Sept of Baelor. And Cersei yeah, is leaving him. Yeah. There's a shot where Cersei's climbing up the stairs and leaving him behind with Tywin. I refuse to get excited about this. I absolutely refuse because it's just going to turn out that she's talking about somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Somehow the Greyjoys will be involved. I'm, I'm not getting excited. <laughs> uh, and I didn't like the words failing to protect. I was like, don't you do that show. Don't you dare. Oh, yeah, I understand the word hateful, but you know why that would be appropriate. But you know, yeah, just weird. Okay, <clears throat> more scenes. We have people in boats. Um, they're heading to shore, and I think they're wildlings on the shore. Um, we get a little voiceover. I think that might be hard home. Hard home. Yeah, hard home. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be hard hard home. What happens at hard home? I can't remember. That's like on the east side of the wall, like towards the coast. Okay. And it's going to take... That's a, a Dance with Dragons territory right in there. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I who think, was that, though? What is yeah. that? With the wildlings, they're, 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 they're trying to get oh, on the boats. And they're, oh, God. <gasps> is this oh. the one where the women, are, they're taking, like, slaves, or is that something else? Yeah, like, the, they're getting on the boats and everything, and I think they're... The wildlings get on the boats, and I think they are taking as slaves. And that's yeah. where Sam gets on the boat, right, with Gilly? Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Catching up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we get a little finger voiceover, and, you know, he's saying, no justice in this world unless we make it. And then we've got, like, a bunch of cuts of Braun and Jamie. We see some Sons of the Harpy. Mm-hmm. Little finger with Sansa holding her face. She has Thank dark hair. Ew! Shiesty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have Such some Sansa. We have some sand snakes. Um, they're torturing some dude with a bucket and a scorpion. <laughs> Water <laughs> pool. Was, that, was it? Was that sand snakes or was that the, the Tharaki? Because it looked a bit like the back of Varys's head. I was very confused. No, I'm pretty I sure it was sand snakes. Yeah, I think okay. somebody. 
Did somebody Google one of the actresses who was cast as the Sand Snake and concluded it was, I forget the name. It's the uh, one that was on Whale Rider. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's her. Castle She's under the tent. All right, cool. Thank you for clearing that up for me. <laughs> and then we get a Cersei flashback. This is like next to Brienne's voiceover for Jamie's face. This is my next favorite part was the Cersei flashbacks. Her as a little girl cutting her thumb. Oh, yeah. Um, Maggie the Frog. So excited yeah. about this. And I'm thinking because they're showing Malera and they cast her, that they're going to show her pushing her in the well. I'm hoping because I'm like, what? <laughs> is she there? She needs to be there for a reason. <laughs> you sound like me right now. I'm so excited. I'm like rubbing my hands together. <laughs> She Are we all skin. killing children now? <laughs> is, is this what I sound like? Oh, God. So, another Tyrell Baratheon <laughs> wedding. Uh, no, it's, um, we have Jamie. Tyrell's looking happy, and Cersei does not. She's still in mourning clothes, too. I noticed at this wedding. Basically, it's Tolman and Marjorie's wedding. Uh, more wildlings. Varys' voiceover. Pep talking Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion pops out of a box. Melisandre's out of the wall. You missed. You, no, did I miss? You, you missed one lot. There's. It's a very tiny, but it's Brienne and Podrick being chased. They're on horseback, yeah. and there's other men on horseback that are chasing them. I haven't gotten there yet. It's coming. Oh, okay. I was excited. Sorry. <laughs> I don't no because you can tell it's Brienne's stunt double on horseback. It's really awkward looking when you like press, oh, okay. <laughs> you pause Slow it. Down. Yeah. So we have Melisandre at the wall. She looks like she's getting ready to do some sacrificing. Um, Cersei, Mortyrian, and Varys pep talk again. <laughs> John sands in a tub. Uh, then Cersei and Malara looking like they're holding hands, walking towards a well, perhaps. <laughs> Daenerys voiceover. <laughs> Shot of her in white, and she's at the fighting pits. And then we see Jorah, and if you notice, he's injured. His yep. arm is injured. And it looks like there's somebody laying to his left, too, on the ground. Uh, Cersei is given a gift. It's a snake with a necklace in its mouth. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. A snake in a box. Snake <laughs> in a box. Not well, but- quite the same as dick in a box, but okay. <laughs> But it's a lion necklace, right? Yes. In case anyone else hasn't caught it. Um, and then there's some speculation that it might be, uh, Marcella's uh, necklace. Marcella's, yeah. Which is probably accurate. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So we have a hooded Tyrion, um, a Cersei voiceover, you know, saying little, the little monster is out there somewhere drawing breath. She wants him dead. Um, Melisandre, there's a funeral pyre, more wildlings. Oh, Jamie oh, and, and the Dorn. Pyre, I think we think that's Master or Maester Aemon. <gasps> Aww. Oh, I, I love think. Him. Oh, well, I do too, but yeah. I mean, no, I know it makes sense. Yeah, he does. If they're not doing Sam and uh, Gilly all that and going to the wall or not the wall, Old Town, then I'm pretty oh, sure he's yeah. going to fight it there. Yeah. Oh man, that oh, sucks. Man, yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We were having fun, comma. I <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> oh, oh, but do we get past the part with the girl that's like standing there, like kind of like seductively, and like is that Jamie? Here's what I want to I want to hear okay, people yeah. think. Is it looks like a short haired guy, so I'm assuming it's Jamie. Do you think the show will actually go like make him like go full out? Like they'll say, oh, this is to prove that he, you know, is done with Cersei. Like, do you think he's going to do a Pia? I will throw up. <laughs> I will throw up if they I, do that. <laughs> 
didn't consider it until a couple of days ago when I was rewatching it, rewatching it. I was like, oh shit, would they go there? Because I don't trust them not to. <laughs> is this the chick in the I Dream of Jeannie Harem outfit? Yes. yes. Okay, she's super hot. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be, I was worried about that. A sand state, right? Yeah. Somebody yeah. said it was. Yeah. And that it was somebody that was going to seduce Jamie, so. You're going yeah. the wrong way, Jamie. Fuck face. No, fuck face. <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd have to erase it from my memory just like the killing his cousin scene. Because I kind of forgot about that. So I managed yeah. to erase that, so. Aren't you glad you were on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, we also, this was interesting. We had Alana Tyrell, um, and she was, sounds like she was threatening somebody. What do you think that um, is? My oh. personal guess is she's threatening Jonathan Price, but I could be wrong. He's going to be the guy playing the High Sparrow. Oh. Um, but there's also, yeah. she gave an interview where she said that she has a scene in a brothel, which I really mystified how this comes out. Um, Diana Rigg was on a, <laughs> a British talk show or something, and she said she has this one scene where she gets to go into this brothel that's been trashed, and She's standing amongst all of these clay dildos. Broken Maybe clay she- dildos. <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. I have no idea. So, I don't know who she's talking to, but I'm guessing it's not someone like Cersei. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I want it to happen so bad. Oh, God. I gotta say, Diana Rigg Rock, she said something like, it's too bad she didn't have photos taken because that could be her Christmas card. <laughs> she is the best. She's hilarious. Yeah. I, I love her. I love her portrayal of Elena. I love her as a character, but after the reread in that part where they talk about her shaving coins for merchants and then like paying them with shaved coins, I was like, you jerk. I lost a little oh, love yeah. for Elena Tyrell there. <laughs> they work hard for their goods, damn it. Okay, so, um, other quick shots. We have Jamie getting his ass kicked. Kuwait in Marine and she's in front of the Kill the no. Masters. No? no? I don't think that's her. You don't? But, okay. Okay. <laughs> so she's in Marine, whoever she is. Um, Theon, uh, we have Mordorn, soldiers coming at Braun. Couldn't really tell if that was Braun. Um, we have sparrows destroying barrels of something, maybe beer by the looks of it. Arya is at the House of White and Black, and then Arya is with Needle in a dress. Soldiers from the Vale, Dragonstone Risk Map, uh, more Varys pep talk, <laughs> big hints that uh, he's um, backing Daenerys and taking Tyrion with him. And we get a dragon, um, a Sandia mm-hmm. Grey Worm making out, more fighting pits. Melisandre's boobs. Um, <laughs> Why don't we see those? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I am not complaining. <laughs> so, uh, Danny and Dario, uh, they're coming down the steps with their unsullied. Um, Dorn, Dorn, Dorn. Someone's, <laughs> someone's hand on a railing. I couldn't make out who that was. More wildlings. And then Brienne and Podrick on a horse, leaving what looks like an inn. Sons, oh, yeah, sons of Harpy being jerks. Uh, Marjorie with Toman, it looks like. Yep. Then we see the battle pit. This was an interesting scene. It was like a battle pit, quite a large shot with Danny in the middle. And uh, she's being protected by Unsullied. And then there's all these sons of the Harpies moving in on them. 
a dead body with a crow, and then a harpy being pulled down from the top of the pyramid, mm. which I thought was really good CG. I like yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah. she's she's de- Danny's definitely coming to Westeros at the end of the season. I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, stay where you are. I don't want to see you. That's that's it. So did you guys like the trailer? Are you excited? Are you pumped? Are you hyped? I'm going to be the one person who says no. <laughs> I don't think you're the one person. <laughs> well, everyone else was all over Tumblr about it. And I'm like, that the song they played was stupid. I, yeah, I thought the song was stupid. Too. It was like poorly... I'm like, I don't care about half of these characters. I got way more jazzed about the stills they released. Those really excited me for some reason. The trailer, yeah, whatever. I'll be excited when the show starts and I find out. Yeah. So everyone else, I just I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the, well, some, yeah. I'm the Stannis. Well, <laughs> sometimes I really miss book Brienne and book Jamie, And yeah. times like that, I kind of do, you know. My or just books. <laughs> just think that books. <laughs> I think for me, I, I just, um, I just, it was sort of overworked the trailer, and it was this just half second flashes of images all the time, and I was just like, just give us less, but a little bit more of each, if you know what right. I mean. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You know, it's clearly there to tease, and so I was like, meh, to basically meh. <laughs> I, I, I actually yeah. agree with you, Comma. I was actually more excited about the, the stills. Those those were lovely. Yeah, more of those, please. Gave you time to that for the eye to actually devour something. Yeah, they yeah, were these nice. Yeah. They were beautiful, yeah, the shots. <laughs> like that one of Brienne and Podrick was gorgeous. Oh, God. Oh, and just, like, the detail you could see on the armor. I don't know oh, what they were doing or why they were talking, but I loved it. <laughs> it was, like, perfect because I was, like, when I was drawing that armor in that exact same position, I was, like, I could have used that image. <laughs> <laughs> I know that armor. I know that armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever. <laughs> so, um, we're hitting at the one hour mark already, so I think we can do our questions or thank yous if we got any, Eon. We got some thank yous. We do have one from an anonymous poster. It says, I have an issue with your podcast. Uh oh. <laughs> you make me wait a whole week for the Aww. next one. <laughs> You're worse than George R. R. Martin. Can you just not have lives or jobs? And make a new one each day. I wish. Seriously, now, I really enjoy you every time and love that you're adding DVD commentary and recaps. It makes old episodes refreshing. I need to ask a favor, though. Can you reassure me about Brienne's fate in this show? Since she's not meeting Jamie and... There's some spoilers about her quest ending. I'm scared they'll kill her all. I, I tell you what, Anon, we'll let our most um, optimistic and sunshiny panel panelist uh, do that for you. Go ahead, Kama, reassure her. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be just fine. <laughs> Amy's going to get to Doran and go, oh, I went the wrong way. I was supposed to go north. And then I'm they're such gonna a fuck face. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bang a lot, and we'll get to see yeah. Jamie naked. We'll and Tom and live, and they'll go live with Tom and the kittens and the babies, and yep. be happily ever after. It's gonna happen. I can feel it. <laughs> We're never wrong, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. 
Our next one is from Cynically Romantic 18, and she says, Hey, ladies, this is your other spicy Texan sending you a massive thank <laughs> you for this podcast. The book chapters are amazing and full of so many insights. I especially love the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Y'all made me tear up so many times on the final Brienne chapter oh, and Chicky's analysis of Jamie's faith in Brienne. It's fascinating how y'all can go from rolling on the floor and throwing your notes, we will never forget Eon, to deep, dark, serious insights into the world of the Song of An Ice and Fire. The show podcasts are just as entertaining, and I can't wait for the rest of season two. Speaking of the show, I just wanted to say that most of my excitement for season five comes from knowing that y'all will be podcasting about it rather than the show itself. I really won't, Lady Stoneheart. Not for Aww. me, but just because Lot is so determined for her to be on the show. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and I want to hear her fan go- girl if it, if it somehow happens. I would be so gleeful. <laughs> no. See the TV thing? It might happen, Lot. Oh <laughs> no, they disproved it. Oh, I don't it believe it. Lies. I don't yeah. believe that. No. <laughs> I still hold out hope. I hold out hope, but I, I didn't, I didn't I'm feel that was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> also, spouse cast was hysterical. Your hubbies are so adorable and sweet and way in love with Natalie Dormer and Quinn, <laughs> as well as Nick, but who can resist him? I hope they agree to do another one. I believe another drunk cast is in order just for yep. the hell of it. Uh-huh. It'll happen. Yeah. Because you all <laughs> somehow even funnier when that happens. <laughs> we're funnier to each other as well right, during those episodes. comma your stannis enthusiasm has converted me completely all held the one true king of westeros and i have spent an abnormal amount of time explaining why he would be a decent king to my friends and mom because of you (laughs) (laughs) why d please never give up on the horse metaphors or the gravy (laughs) but seriously your beautiful aussie accent brightens my week, along with your jokes and insight. Finally, please talk about the trailer when you have the chance, and a certain rumor about you know who, unless it's to prove before the podcast. Yes, it was so amazing, and it has me pumped up for this season. Oh, once again, I want to give each of y'all and all of the guests a huge thank you for all of your hard work. This podcast is a beautiful aspect of not only the JB fandom, but the Song of Ice and Fire fandom as a whole. <coughs> oh, Ian, you may not, you might hear it by her sexy, uh, <laughs> sick voice. <laughs> yeah. Poor Ian is recovering from a bit of a cold. Oh. Are you all done, Ian? Oh, she's probably, are you okay? Do I need to call anybody? I'm good. Oh. I'm good. <laughs> okay, we still have two more. Wait, let me we just thank Cynically. More? Let me think cynically. Thank you. Thank you. That was lovely. Sure. Yeah, it was lovely. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Cynically, that was awesome. We do have two more comments from two other dorks. <laughs> our last, our I know who one. these are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from Chikrin. From Chikrin. She says, Hey, bitches, still enjoying my laundry vacation, margaritas. I'm so sorry I missed some horse metaphor. <laughs> But the good news is there's Bree next week. And I'll be back. Love you, dorks. Miss you. Yeah, she would come back for that episode. 
Last but not least is our yellow Delaney. She says, hey guys, I am also enjoying my holiday away from podcasts, but it's a totally different holiday to Chickies. We are uh, not holidaying together. What is this? The Spanish Inquisition? Anyway, look forward, looking forward to returning next week for Brienne's triumphant re- introduction. Bring it. Hugs and kisses. Whitey. <laughs> Your Australian sorry. accent never fails to amuse you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist. Thank you, Chicky. Thank you, Whitey. <laughs> Thank you, Chicky and Whitey. Losers. Mm. <laughs> okay. And I think that's it, right? It's That's it. And I'm dying right now. Aww. Okay. So hugs, Eon. Hugs. Take okay. a knee. Take a knee, Eon. Rest. Okay. So uh, just to wrap us up then, um, if you want to send us messages, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. And we are on Twitter at close the door podcast, I think, or door podcast. Door podcast? <laughs> And the one person. Doorcast. Anyway, we're on one of those. (laughs) So, uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Clotho and Sandwiches for guesting. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Anytime. Anytime. Always our fun, yeah. (laughs) Uh, thank you, Kama and Eon. Thank Thank you. you. Alright, we'll say goodbye. 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 Bye bye. Till next week. Bye. No, no, no.